Welcome to the paranormal, the strange and the unknown, as we take you to a place just beyond midnight. Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Beyond Midnight Paranormal Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Beyond Midnight Podcast, on Twitter at Beyond 12 AM Cast, and on SoundCloud, simply search for Beyond Midnight and look for us on iTunes in the very near future. Today we have another guy who's pretty much everywhere, author of books including Wild and Wonderful and Paranormal West Virginia, Water Monsters South of the Border, and People Are Seeing Something. An enthusiast for cryptozoology, lost civilizations, and all things paranormal, we want to welcome Denver Michaels to the Beyond Midnight Paranormal Podcast. How are you doing, Denver? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, where we can find your books. Yeah, my book is available um, on Amazon. It's probably the best place to get it. There's a uh, paperback and a Kindle version available. Um, paperbacks are also available at Barnes and Noble and and other um, other retailers. But uh, the uh, ebook, uh, the Kindle version, is exclusive to Amazon. Cool. Are you now? You are from the Virginia area, correct? Yeah, I'm uh, born and raised in Virginia. So you're on the other Virginia, not the West Virginia. Right, exactly. But I've always lived uh, uh, the furthest away from West from the West Virginia line I've lived is probably only about an hour. So I've always been really, uh, really interested in, uh, you know, what goes on, in, especially in the southern and western, uh, yeah, uh, it'd be eastern counties, I guess, for them. Right. Now, did you feel like maybe there's just – so many books written and so much research done in your home state of Virginia and not a lot of attention paid to West Virginia. I know you I, know, with colonial books and there's just so much history in Virginia that it, I, I would imagine that it would be tough to actually get a book that would break through and, and be noticed. And yeah, well, you know, the, to tell you the truth, um, I, I guess living here, I don't, uh, maybe I don't appreciate a lot, a lot of the history as much as I should, you know, and I've always really been uh, interested. You know, West Virginia to me seems to be just such a, uh, a hotbed for, for the paranormal and um, just all kinds of just strange things, you know, um, tons of cryptid sightings. Um, you know, entire towns that are haunted and just, just all sorts of just strange things. And I just really, I've just really been fascinated by it. And, uh, you know, when, it, when I, when I went to uh, write another book, it's it just uh, something that I've always uh, kind of wanted to cover. Your book, uh, Wild and Wonderful uh, West Virginia and Paranormal, and Paranormal. West Virginia, and Paranormal. The Paranormal is the important part that we're interested in. <laughs> It covers a lot of different bases. Um, Mothman, of course, everyone knows Mothman. Have you ever seen the movie, the Mothman? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I saw the movie, but uh, to me, it it just really, um, 
after reading John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, I mean that was uh, that was way more fascinating to me than the movie. I, I honestly, I'm a huge reader. I have never read that book. As a matter of fact, I never even heard of The Mothman until that uh, movie came out. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I was kind of thankful that I. Uh, saw the movie because otherwise i mean i mean i saw i've since seen it in the bookstore but uh-huh yeah so that was the first i've ever even heard of the mothman yeah well it, it really is a classic book and um and the work i mean it, he, he really kind of goes beyond the mothman a little bit and just kind of delves into a whole lot of uh you know the paranormal research that he was doing back then and uh, it's really fascinating i mean uh, the the thing about the Mothman, that uh, you know that saga when it was going on, you know you had the you had the winged humanoid reports, the Mothman, but also in the area, I mean you had an uptick in uh, they called them hairy monster sightings back then, uh, a little bit before the uh, you know the Bigfoot term uh, you know really really took traction. And uh, there, you know, people that saw Mothman uh, were reporting, uh, you know, like poltergeist type incidents in their homes. And you were having, um, you know, just a huge uptick of uh, UFO sightings in the Ohio Valley as well. So it was really just a a strange time. And uh, John Keel in his book really, you know, really uh, covered a lot of that. That's really something that seems to be pretty heavy in in this area at least in the you know the the we call it the the tri-state area here with the ohio valley west the upper panhandle of west virginia and western pennsylvania we had stan gordon on a while ago and we talked to stan about specifically about the bigfoots and there were so many sightings in the west virginia area and you mentioned the the ufos as well and stan really drew a connection between the UFO sightings and the Bigfoot sightings, talking about Bigfoot possibly, along with the the aliens, being drawn to the UFOs or the UFOs being drawn to Bigfoot and Bigfoot being, the Bigfoot being sort of an interdimensional creature. How do you feel about that, especially in West Virginia, where you you feel there's a lot of people that, that know the land well, and if anybody could track and find evidence of an actual Bigfoot, I would think it would be somewhere in the mountains of West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, that that sort of thing, I mean, you know, um, to a skeptic, you know, it really, uh, really starts sounding kind of kooky, and, you know, there's a lot these days about... Uh, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about Bigfoot being a spiritual being and, and starts getting off into into a little bit of weird stuff. But, it you know, it really can't be denied that uh, that a lot of these places that have a lot of Bigfoot reports, not just in West Virginia, but, you know, other regions of the country, you know, they, they do experience a lot of other type of uh, paranormal activity. So um, I don't know that you could rule something like that out. But on the other hand... You know, if there, if it is possible that some, you know, like a flesh and blood creature, like an un, undiscovered uh, type of ape-like creature, uh, you know, could exist, uh, you know, the mountains of West Virginia, especially, you know, in eastern and southern West Virginia, you know, where there are a whole lot of sightings, uh, you know, I think something something really could live there and and uh, remain pretty well undetected and and have a have a good enough habitat to thrive in. 
there's plenty of habitat there for something to hide. Um, I don't know. A lot of our listeners may have never been through West Virginia, but that, uh, I think it was John Denver, uh, West Virginia mountain mama. It's just (laughs) miles and miles of mountains and, uh, completely covered with vegetation. You know, it's, it's not like the Rocky mountains where, you know, you have mountains that are covered by nothing but rock. I mean, these are covered in very heavy forest. Yeah, and and uh, I want to say that uh, that eighty one or eighty there, you know, thereabouts, give or take, a uh, percent of the uh, state is is forested. You know, just just covered in forest. And um, and the thing is, I mean, there's there's a few uh, decent sized population centers, but it's mostly just you know small towns and. You know, there's a few interstates running through the state, but you know, to be uh, you know to be as far east as it is, there's just a lot of just open and you know desolate area. You know, very sparsely populated, and um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of territory that you know, and there's a lot of protected land as well. There's uh, you know some good chunks of national forest and uh, and that sort of thing as well. So there's a uh, really good habitat there, not just for Bigfoot, but for other cryptids. I mean, you get a lot of, uh, you know, your Black Panther sightings and that sort of thing in West Virginia as well. What do you make of those Black Panther sightings? Well, you know, um, it's one of those things. If you, um, you know, if you if you talk to, it's not hard to find an outdoorsman in West Virginia, and even even in Virginia where I live in the in the mountain regions here that. Uh, you know that 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 have uh, reported seeing uh, something like that, and you know, of course, wildlife officials dismiss it, and you know, people will, uh, you know, they try to write it off as, uh, you know, uh, mistaken black labs or uh, you know, mistaken black house cat and things like that. But you know, there's there's a lot of them, and uh, and the other thing is you you have a lot of uh, you know. Now, I don't want to say a lot, but you know there are verified reports of cougars, and and again, this is the kind of things that you know wildlife officials. Oh well, it's just a vagrant cougar from the west. But you know these reports of, you know, have always really went on, and so I think there probably is a small population of cougars, and you know maybe you know maybe somewhere along the line there's um. Yeah, I, I want to say maybe, you know, it's never really been reported in nature uh, that, you know, cougars have had a melanistic um, gene, but but it is, but it's not impossible. And, uh, you know, there are other big cats that are black, so maybe something like that's going on. I'm not sure. We've had uh, sightings up here in Pennsylvania as well. I don't know if you have ever seen it, and if you haven't, I'll dig up the footage for you. And I'll send it to you. Uh, back in, I want to say it was the late 80s, maybe early 90s, uh, there was a woman north of Pittsburgh, I believe, in the Butler County area, who was reporting, you know, hey, there's a Black Panther in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no one believed her. So a local reporter goes up, and he's actually there interviewing the woman, probably so they can make fun of her on the evening news. And yeah. he turns around and looks, and they're in the backyard, you know. 50 yards away, he sees the thing stroll through, and they caught it on uh, video. I don't know whatever happened to the Black Panther. It may have very easily been somebody's pet that just, you know, outgrew the home it was in, and, hey, you got to go. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but I found that to be interesting. 
Yeah, and, and there, you know, I've, I've seen several videos. There was one in, in Western Maryland. You know, the area you're talking about, uh, you know, Western PA and, and even, you know, the in the western edge of Maryland, you know, very desolate, you know, where it borders, uh, you know, Maryland and, uh, I mean, where it borders uh, Pennsylvania and West Virginia, there, there's been reports there. And, and even even down uh, in the Smoky Mountains, uh, you know, Tennessee, North Carolina, there, there's these reports. So, you know, to me, um, I mean, I guess there could be some misidentification going on. I think maybe, you know, your uh, your fish or cats are, you know, sometimes misidentified. But, you know, for somebody to say that, uh, you know, these are these are just house cats that people are misjudging the size of, I mean, yeah, maybe that happens on occasion, but I, I don't find that a, a, credible, um, a credible explanation myself. Fair enough. I, th- I think maybe there are some big cats that people bring in as house pets when they're when they're smaller i i know i saw them growing up my dad lived in cambridge ohio and we'd go to go to go to his house on holidays in summer and we'd we'd be going through downtown cambridge and there was a guy that walked he had like a jaguar and a, a panther and he would just be walking them out on a leash in in the middle of the day just not only that just think about what happened in zanesville Five or yeah. that five or six years ago, Zanesville, Ohio, uh, that guy who owned that personal private rescue zoo right. decided he was going to off himself, I believe, allegedly, and I believe he let all the he animals go. He just let the go. animals go, and they were, they were just wild going through. They were going through the, the area. Yeah, and, and I don't think he kept very good records as to what he had there, no. and there's always a chance something... You know, there's always that chance. It would make a great horror movie someday. Uh, but <laughs> well, you're right, and a lot of these, you know, I mean, he had a zoo, but you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, with private collections of, of these exotic animals, and, and you know, a lot of people that that have these animals, they. They don't want to pay the money and, or go through the aggravation of permits and, and things and, you know, obtain them, you know, through the black market and stuff. And, you know, if these things escape or if they let them loose, like you're saying, I mean, that's a definite cryptid sighting right there, right? I mean, you have some, you know, out-of-place exotic animal. Um, so I think that that definitely uh, can explain a, a lot of things, not just with these big cats, but, you know, probably other animals as well. Right, absolutely. So, along with the the cryptid sightings, the Bigfoot sightings, in the book you also touch on some paranormal and, and some ghost sightings. Now, have, did you go out to some of these locations and witness any of this paranormal activity yourself, or was this all based on research that you'd done about different areas in West Virginia where there have been hauntings? Well, well, both. I mean, I've, I've, uh, most of the sites in the book that I, uh, I probably, and there might be a couple of sites that I didn't visit, but most of these places I have visited myself. Um, you know, did I experience anything, um, you know, when I visited the Trans-Allegheny, uh, Lunatic Asylum in Weston, um, you know, my wife and I, you know, we took a lot of pictures and things. And when we got home, and I, I, I put the picture in my book, there was a, there was definitely an anomalous picture that, you know, I don't care what anybody says, it's a ghost, you know. I mean, there there might be a reasonable explanation, but, um, you know, I, I, I just, 
there there was nothing there. And and when we were looking at these pictures, there's like just like this weird, uh, you know, almost a ghostly like image. So you know, some things like that. Um, I can't really say that anything you know crazy beyond that has happened in any of my um, you know, my outings. You know, you uh, I've you know picked up a few sounds, you know, recordings and, you know, got some, uh, pretty heavy EMF, uh, readings, things like that, but nothing, you know, nothing where I can definitively say, Oh, you know, this place is haunted, you know, let me ask you of all the different, uh, paranormal things that you list in your book in West Virginia, what one do you think is the most credible? Oh man. Um, yeah, uh, that is that. That's tough because you know I uh, I I put a lot of stock in, you know in a lot of them. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of these haunted places. Um, I mean, you can't deny that something strange is going on there. You know, like I was just talking about the uh, the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. It's I so mean, funny. You, you, we were just looking into that the other day, Denver. Uh, you know, possibly making a trip down there. You, yeah, you really. Should, I mean, if. Yeah, if you're within driving distance, man, I really recommend it because um, yeah, it's it is really cool, and I guarantee that uh, you're going to have some uh, you're going to have an experience there. Now, whether it's it's a ghost or something that you could you know possibly scientifically explain, you're going to hear some noises and <laughs> you're going to hear some weird things for sure. It's it, it's one of those places, you know. But uh, there's there's other places too. Um, I mean the the whole town of Harper's Ferry. Um, uh, you know it, it's it's on the border of Maryland and West Virginia. There's a whole lot of history there from, uh, from the Civil War and pre Civil War, and um, there's just a lot of weird things there. Um, and you know things that you can't explain. I mean people you know people see ghosts there. I mean regularly and. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, the uh, Lake Shawnee uh, Amusement Park down in Mercer County. It's, it's one of those uh, it's one of those weird places that, uh, you know, just has a real eerie history behind it. And uh, I, I think there's something to some of the reports there. You know, people people report seeing like a little little girl in a in a bloody dress. And, uh, you know, the the amusement park, it's uh it's all grown up and abandoned now, but uh, people uh, report seeing the swings moving on their own. Just, just weird things like that. Okay, that was the most credible. What do you find the least credible of all of them? You know, like which one do you just say, "No, nah, I don't think I buy this one." Uh, the, the least credible to me, um, at, at least what I have in my book, is the. Um, there, there's a supposed water monster in West Virginia called the Monongi, and it takes its name uh, from the Monongahela River. And supposedly, the story behind this thing is, um, it's kind of like a half, uh, half fish, half, half man, and uh, supposedly sightings go back to the French and Indian War. But as you really dig into the research on it. Um, it, you just you just can't you know it, it kind of goes in a circle of this one little story and uh, you know there there's this uh, you know, these things on the internet that says a task force was formed you know to to look for it and and all this stuff but um, you really can't find anything you know you can't really track anything down to its original source and and so 
uh, a blogger in, in the Pittsburgh area, you know, was kind of going through the same thing as me. And I came across her blog, um, uh, Virginia Montanez, I believe is her name. And, uh, you know, she kind of concluded that, uh, this was, um, just a promotion for, a you know, for like a 5k race or something, you know, and the whole little backstory was, uh, just kind of something that, uh, went, went on the internet and kind of grew legs, you know? So I, I don't think there's really anything behind the Monongi. Well, I, I can I can tell you for sure we we have definitive evidence that the Monongahela monster once existed, but it was a ride at Kennywood. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been to Kennywood a long, long time ago. I don't know if it was there. It was, then it, or was not. it was in the the mid to late eighties, early nineties era. Okay, I was up there in the, in the in the early nineties and. Um, and and I that might have been one of the one of the rides I rode. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was kind of like a lot of other amusement parks have them as the spider. The spider, yes. It's okay. one of those like has like eight arms and there's like three cars yeah. on each arm and it you know you just kind of spin and and uh, go up and down. But it was a, it was yeah. a popular ride back when it when when it was in its heyday at Kennywood. But, you know, a lot of those, you know, like like we are just talking about, like this was really kind of like a promotion for a 5K, and somebody made up a little a little story, and then it, it, it got through the Internet. I mean, uh, there, there's, a, there's a number of, uh, you know, cryptids and, and other stories that, you know, kind of get their start like that, and they're, you know, when you really uh, get to, you know, get to doing some serious research on them, you, you find out that there's really nothing behind it, but these... You know, in the age of the internet, these kind of urban legends just sort of, you know, uh, just just kind of take off. You know, like Slenderman. Yeah, but you know, uh, there might be a little something behind Slenderman. I mean, I there, you know, people have reported seeing it in West Virginia, even. But uh, you know, it seems weird that uh, you know, I, I guess it started as a meme in in two thousand nine or thereabouts. But you know. Uh, Strangely enough, people people report seeing this thing, so I'm, I I don't really know what to make of it sometimes. What do you make of these recent sightings up in uh, it, it, the strange thing? I know you talk about Thunderbirds in your book, um, and you also talk about Mothman. What do you make of these sightings, oddly in all places, up in Chicago? They're probably one of the last places you would expect to see cryptids. Yeah, you know it's it is really strange, and I've I've been following the uh, I've been following the story. I've been you know I've, I've I've been paying attention to it, and and you know the the sheer number of sightings. It would uh, you know it would certainly seem that something weird is going on, um, and I, I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, you know, a friend of mine had. Uh, kind of suggested that it might be one of those giant uh you know one of those giant bats from the philippines those um i don't remember what they're called exactly you know but they're you know they're like three or four feet tall they have these massive wingspans but the only problem with that is uh you know some of these sightings uh i think they started in 2011 and then really just kind of increased like this year over the summer so you know it doesn't seem like one of those um one of those giant bats could really, uh, you know, survive the Chicago winters and that sort of thing. So I, you know, I really don't know what to make of them. I, I hate to just have a cop out, but, uh, you know, I, I really don't know. It, it's strange. 
I have a few theories on it, and I could be way off. They make those bat suits nowadays, where uh, or those squirrel suits that people the, jump out of planes. The with. wing suits. Yes, yes. Who knows? Maybe it could be one of those. Or I used to watch a show called Six Feet Under. Did you ever watch that on HBO? I never watched it, but I always wanted to watch it because I know uh, Michael C. Hall from Dexter. Yes, was in it, he was and I've never one of the brothers. In it. I've never, I've never watched the show. Yeah, well, one of the ways they would start every episode with someone would die, and the way this one woman died was there was a, I guess it was a truck delivering a bunch of blow up dolls to a bachelor party somewhere, and they had them filled with helium. And he's driving down the road, and somehow one of the tarps got loose. And all of a sudden, these blow-up dolls are flying through the air. And the woman, like this hardcore Christian, thought it was the rapture. And these are real people, <laughs> you know, going to heaven. And she jumps out of her car and ends up getting hit by another car. Who knows? It could be something as simple as that where people were just, you know, filling up blow-up yeah. dolls with helium and sending them up in the sky. Who knows? Well, you know, I mean, and the thing about these things is, I mean, like your your uh, your guy in the, the wingsuit. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I have seen like videos of people in those weird wingsuits, and that would definitely look like a Mothman or a you know a Batman, a winged humanoid for sure. But you know, as, as regular as these sightings are happening, you know, it's um, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe something like that happened, and then. I think a lot of these sightings are probably just BS that have, you know, just kind of the hysteria of the whole thing, you know. I mean, probably something anomalous was, was seen or, or has been seen. But, you know, you, you know how, the, how these things kind of kind of take a life of their own, you know. there's w- Once the hysteria sits in, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Absolutely, especially in the age of the Internet. It's, it's yeah, difficult exactly. to really, you know, maybe... 30 years ago you could you could buy into more more things happening nationwide in different mm-hmm. areas but now it's everybody's so tied together that there really right. isn't it could be just like slender man a meme yeah. that that starts out and it leads all the way up to it was used as a a an alibi and you're not an alibi but it was they they blamed uh, some killings on on slender man yeah, some sure. Teenagers. Exactly. I think, that was, in, right, that, was I think just, that was in Wisconsin, I believe. Yeah, uh, it was just what, in like 2012. Week? Yeah. I, I, well, there was a thing in 2012, and also um, uh, some suicides have been blamed on it, and uh, you know all sorts of things. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, like you're saying, I mean, the, the age of the internet, it's yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, uh, you know, as far as the Chicago sightings, I don't know how many there have been, you know, but let's just say that there's 50, right? I mean, you know, how many are legitimate? You know, that's that's what you got to ask, and and probably only a percentage are legitimate, and then out of that, I mean, what is you know, what is actually something anomalous rather than, you know, like something mistake, you know, something normal that's just been mistaken. It, it's hard to tell. Right. You kind of got to, you got to weed through it and do a little yeah. more research on it and see what is, what is fact and, and what is fiction. Exactly. Well, Denver, uh, we want to thank you once again uh, for being a guest on the Beyond Midnight podcast. Can you tell us once again where we can find your books? Yeah, the best thing uh, just go to Amazon. Um, there's a there's an ebook and a paperback available, 
And if folks want to uh, check out my website, uh, denvermichaels.net, I, uh, I have links to my books there, and uh, and usually I post something on my blog, you know, a couple times a week. And we'll be sure to uh, sure we'll be sure to share uh, the links to find you on our Facebook page and our Twitter feed as well. I appreciate it. All right, thanks again. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. Denver Michaels, wild, wonderful, and paranormal West Virginia. Available now online through Amazon.com or in person. If you want to go to a Barnes & Noble, you can get a paperback for yourself. That about does it for another episode of Beyond Midnight. Be sure to join us every week as we discuss the strange, the unknown, and the paranormal all on Beyond Midnight. Common sense, no matter how we die.